Cafe Sessions podcast. <laughs> Yay, I got it right. And we're getting ready to launch into episode number 12 today. We got a whole new setup. I know we, you know, the magician's not supposed to reveal his uh, tools or whatever, but we have a whole new setup today, so I'm quite excited about that. We're actually running off of two dynamic mics into the iPad using the Boss Jock app. So this is cool. This is a step up for us, I think. I like it. And we're in our favorite place, though, Havana Cafe. And we got our coffee. We got our coffee, and we, this has become a little podcasting space. When I come in, I came in today, and Josh was like, black coffee and a water. And then, should I get a, a water for the lady as well? And I was like, yep, you know. And I was like, whoop, be downstairs, and here we are. Hey, it's got to be, because this is where I hang out. I don't know why, maybe it's just because I'm so addicted to love coffee. They're like giving me the thing I love most in life, so I'm like, oh, I love you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the whole sort of coffee culture and hanging out in cafes, especially as like mobile warriors, you know, this is just kind of... But everyone finds their own little space, don't they? And it's like, you know, when someone sits in your seat, like it's your seat. Like, can you imagine if we came down here one morning and someone was in this seat? Oh, they would have to go. They would have to go. Just plain and simple. They would just have to go. But like, sorry, excuse me, pardon me. But it's good to mix it up sometimes because, you know, I came in here last Friday to work and uh, I sat upstairs and it was like, ooh... My brain did different things, you know. Ah, well, it's Eva like did stimulated. ask me the other day because I came in as well, and it was quiet. She was, she thought we were doing the podcast. She's like, "Oh, can you do it upstairs today?" And I was like, oh, sadly, I'm just here on my own today, so no podcast." Because it was really quiet upstairs, so she was yeah. recommending that we could do it upstairs and uh, have yeah. some sunlight and the like. But hey, all right. So something that was bugging me the other day, and we were—I know—at the end of the last podcast, we were going to talk about. Um, slaying demons or dragons but the other day i just came across and it was only like five seconds something on the internet and essentially it was that we learn through um pain and reward that's how we learn point blank no other options there we learn through pain and reward and i was just wondering is this true or not and for me i guess what was bothering me is that that just makes me feel like we're just conditioned animals. So I'm just wondering, is there yeah, more enlightenment? Yeah, it's like the carrot and the whip, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Carrot and the stick, pleasure, pain. So, for instance, this podcast. Some would say that we're making this podcast because it brings us pleasure. And so we continue to do it. And the moment it brought us pain, in whatever way that might be, as in taking up too much time, whatever, um, then we wouldn't do it anymore. You could also flip that and say, well, maybe we're doing a podcast because we have visions of wanting to monetize it and the like. And the reason that we're doing that is because, you know, our lot, as we have it now, we don't like it. and We're looking for something different to do. So you can flip it around on its head there. But I don't know. What was your what are your thoughts on that? Is it is that the only way is it a more enlightened way to learn? It's that's a really good question, and I think that um, the thing that occurred to me about it is that we need to investigate what we mean by pain and stuff too, and how we relate to that in order to understand what it's doing to us, what it's spurring us to go out and act. Yeah. You know, so if 
it's something that you know a lot of times it's something that we're causing ourselves sometimes it's stuff that we can't control you know from my perspective I've always just been really aware that like I've never had that syndrome that some people I see have that's like it's not gonna happen to me kind of thing you know people get sick oh but that's other people people have you know stuff happen to them that's really bad that's not gonna happen to me like I've always thought well that person's just another person happen through their life and if that could happen to them that could easily happen to me so I feel like like there is a real learning in like a deeper investigation of pain and and discomfort or difficulty or whatever that I really embrace in terms of like being able to learn from but that's a very different kind of way of relating to it than simply like because basically what you're saying is we're either attracted to certain things and we want to avoid other things. Yeah. I mean, this is the basis of Buddhism, like, thought, you yeah. know. That, it's a like, behavioral psychology, isn't it? So yeah. we move towards things that we like or we move away from things that yeah. we're towards or run away. And, I, you know, I think that if we're not conscious, a lot of times that is exactly what we're doing. But, you know, we have the ability to to you know think about things a little more deeply so i don't know I but this is the thing this is what i want to know do we have or is our thinking and i'm just making the assumption that our that our rational mind and our thinking um could supersede that and we can sit down and say i'm doing this because of x y and z but what's the i guess the question is, is it, yes you're going to use your rational mind to think that through but what was the initial driver was it because of the pleasure or pain principle or pain and reward, however you want to look at that? You know, it's funny because um, this is like the the ultimate parenting strategy, right? Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> in fact, I said to this um, person the other day who doesn't have kids and was like laughing because she had been taking care of her nieces and nephews and like seriously couldn't handle it. it was right. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just... I just dropped the kids off at my mom's house and was like, I've got to go home and take painkillers. You know, it's just so funny to listen to. But, um, you know, basically, I found myself saying, yeah, you know, when there's situations, you always got to find the carrot or you've got to find, like, what's going to happen if you don't do it. Oh, you know? so you're, you're so, a, so a mom, it, you mom, you parent with your pleasure pain. Well, yeah, in a way, like, I think so. But actually, my older son is very unbribable. He has such a strong sense of self and what he wants. It's very difficult to find any carrot that is going to be better than him doing what he wants to do. So, you know, I don't know. Like, is there something in that? Is there something that's like, you know? Well, that's interesting because it just reminded me of my mom's parenting style. And, um, you you know, back in the days, we were all about don't spoil the rod type thing. But she cottoned on very quickly that I'd rather have the pain than to not be, go outside. So my threshold was taking away my freedom. And I used to ask, you know, here, here's the, here's the belt, here's the switch. <laughs> just because that, for me, it was like, that's just last for a short time. And yeah, okay, it hurts, but then I'll cry. And then, but that, boom, I'm back outside. When she really wanted to punish me, it was, you can't go outside friends can't go over and that was just like the death of me i'd rather take a thousand beatings than have my sort of wings clipped <laughs> so. but i suppose that's then just a different 
kind of pain. So the principle. Yeah, in no, that the principle is still, still the same. Yeah, yeah, so the the pain bit was taken away. It wasn't physical pain. So I know, and that's good that you brought up. We got to define the pain. So it's not necessary that it's a physical pain, like you're hurting, so you don't do. But it's 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 that you know that was emotional pain for me, I suppose, in terms of not having my freedom. Yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt in me, but it's funny because like it's something you know, that I wanted. In a way, we're always taught that we need to have some kind of resilience to pain and discomfort or things not going our way in order to achieve our goals, right? That like, you know, okay, you want this like shiny thing up in the future, whatever it is, whether that's to like, for you know, say that's for me to become a writer who can, you know, support myself with my writing and I get to do that full time, all the time, great. Or, you know, whatever people's, like, personal dreams are. Um, and, you, you know, you're told, like, okay, it's not going to be an easy path. It's a long road. You've got to, hmm. like, put up with, you know, a lot of rocks along the way and whatever the metaphor is. But, um, you know, if you do that, you'll get there. But, you know, I don't know. It's At the same time, I think that there is a danger I've seen with certain... Um, I don't know, just, just certain people in my life and, and things that I've seen that's like having a super high threshold for pain is sometimes can be a really disabling thing because people who don't run away from things that are painful when they should run away, you know, and just continually kind of stay in yeah. it, it takes, it takes so much for them to realize just how unhappy they are and actually move. Yeah. You know, you get stuck in those situations. So this is like, I feel like this question is such a, like, it's an onion. Yes, many layers. <laughs> but the, the situation you're describing there reminded me of something that, um, that I heard in one of Tony Robinson's seminars. Because he's a big proponent of the, you know, this pain or pleasure. You have to have massive pleasure, measure massive pain. So an instance of someone stuck. He says, no matter how much logic you apply, how much reason you apply, um, they're only are going to make a move to make a change when the pain becomes too great for them to endure. Yeah, and everyone's and got their own threshold for all different, different kinds of pain. Because exactly. some people can take physical pain, but not emotional pain, or vice versa. So that person won't do anything. Their motivation will not increase until they get to the point where the pain is no longer bearable. Um, and then they'll actually act. So, you know, one of the things he's saying is that, um, you know, it, it change when you hit this change can happen in an instant, and it's from that kind of space. As in the moment, and if you think back through some of the things that you've decided that you wanted to do, and then the other things that you've been wishing to do but you haven't done, but at the point where you get to, it, even if the pain is the pain of not having that thing gets to the point where you can no longer take it, then you don't need any gurus or nothing because you'll just do it because you no longer can tolerate it anymore so your motivation becomes very very high do you think that there that everyone's motivated by avoiding pain and going towards pleasure in the same in the same way or do you think some people are more motivated by pain and avoiding pain than they are necessarily pursuing pleasure or do you think okay. other people are more Motivated so for me, I'd, by pursuing um, yeah. pursuing the good stuff, yeah. than worrying about avoiding the bad stuff. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I do, and I think, and this is the onion thing. I think there's probably different layers because you, like, you classify. How did we get to be such Shrek fans? I don't know. I love it. <laughs> 
Because you would classify those type of people as their motivations um, away from and toward or towards. And a person, I'm going to do something, not because I want to achieve this thing, but I want to avoid that thing. But that's just how they motivate themselves to do whatever it is that, that, that they're doing. Yeah, it's like a pinball. You're just like, you don't yeah, have so a direction. I'm do You're this just thing. bouncing off of the stuff you don't want to be. It's not necessarily even that. It's like, you know you know what? I want to I wanna lose weight, for instance, if that's the thing that you want to do. And it's not because I want to lose weight because I want to be healthy. I want to lose weight because... Um, it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad or something along those lines. So your motivation for doing whatever you can do could be towards or it can be away from. And I think everyone has an intrinsic motivation. Neither one is worse than the other, but it's just recognizing it. I think in that instance, that's just recognizing what's the thing that motivates you to do something. Um, I think the pleasure, pain, pain, rewards is the level, the next level down, as in your ultimate motivation for doing something, like getting out of the bed in the morning and actually maybe living um so you know buddhists would say that the constant drivers in our lives to get things that are that we want and that are pleasurable and to avoid things that are painful are the two massive massive drivers in life that yeah. are that are based on our kind of so this is leading to believe that maybe this is a true statement then, well isn't? well so what they i mean so you know in a way we're so driven by that it's hard to conceive of another option yeah. like what, what do you mean if i don't go towards the things i like like why would i not do that but they really hold up this principle of equanimity that um you know that that you can be the stable kind of I don't know, tree or whatever in, in the winds, yeah. basically. And, and I, I do think that there's a, there's, there's a lot of benefit to thinking about this because if you just take, for instance, a, a kind of self-confidence or self-knowledge or, you know, whatever, we don't, and, and ego and, you know, these kind of things. Yeah. If we are... We, ha- we stand with the principle of equanimity, then we don't, all the people that criticize us or the trolls on the internet or just people who are making comments about us in a negative way, you don't take that on because yeah. that has really nothing to do with you. That's about them and whatever their deal is. You are still who you are. But that also means that you can't take all the praise and make it seem like that's about you either. Because that's also just external things right. that are being, you know, put on you and told to you that it means something about you, which it doesn't. So I think there's kind of a core that I can really, like, relate to already. I mean, you know, there's a lot of wisdom and depth in these things that yeah, it's yeah. hard to kind of brush up against, you know. Because there's, there's, there's this attachment thing, so if you're attached to the sort of out, outcome, as in yeah. people giving you praise or people... Um, and so you're doing it for that as opposed to focusing on an internal process. The outcome is out of your hands. Yeah. And, you know, on, on. So do we come out of the womb, this organism, human? They're called babies. Oh, they're called babies. Babies. So this baby comes out. Yeah. It's very first thing to learn. So it's, it's going to learn something. So And is that learning mechanism triggered by pleasure pain 
Probably. Yeah, so I want some milk. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so they start making noise. Yeah, but then, you know, obviously we're developing all the time. And then time. they learn. And if so I scream, that causes mom pain. So then she gives me what I want, which is some milk. I think the thing is that it, what you're hitting on here is that it starts at, at the very first moment. Yeah. And it... Um, it starts on such a subconscious level because actually the baby doesn't think I'm causing mom pain. It's just an intrinsic knowing that this is what happens. Right. So we learn this kind of go away from painful things, go towards you know happy, nice things. So we've things given it the, l- the label. A, well, at such a s- subconscious level that yeah. like we're not actually aware of what we're doing a lot of the time, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I get that. So the baby doesn't have a language yet to give it a mm. label, but they... The operant is there. Yeah, yeah. So the mechanism is already there. The baby doesn't have a name for it, but it yeah. just does it because it's there. My teacher talks about how we all wake up in the morning and open our eyes, and there's bully. He calls bully. Bully. Bully is the, the one voice in our head that says, I want this. I don't want that. And he calls him bully because he's very demanding, this ah. bully in our heads. You, you need to treat my, this body of yours right. You need to, you know, get me some coffee. My body, my, my bully says, get me some coffee. I don't want to wake up yet. Well, now can you, you know, and, and maybe this is where I'm, I'm, I'm after. So now can you transcend that? So now that we have labels, pleasure, pain, reward, pleasure, that whole carrot stick principle, are we capable of stepping above that and learning from a higher frequency, a higher plane, a higher something? Or is it just always at its very core base subconscious collective unconscious level I feel pain. like we can work work our way out of it I'm not sure if I conceive it as something that's like moving higher or beyond it but rather like my in my head it feels more like a pulling away from or you know not being trapped in that way of thinking about things and just stepping outside Are you making so, me think that we can't though as a, well no I think I don't know. I think that it's very difficult to do that. But I think this principle of equanimity is there. You know, it's like you were saying about, you know, thinking about the process but not the result. I mean, I think I see this in myself all the time with, like, you know, you give someone advice and they don't follow it and you get so annoyed, don't you? Like, you know, we have these things, like, we're attached to the outcomes of our endeavors and even if it's as simple as you have a conversation with a friend and you think you know it would be better to do this rather than that I feel like just in the past year it's really finally it's taken a while but finally occurred to me that you really have to be aware even when you're giving that advice that you cannot care about the outcome if you care what that person does not in terms of that you want their well-being and you yeah. want what's best for them but that you care that they implement what you are suggesting then you have to not say it or i have to not say yeah. it so it's always a little test yeah. with me. and i think all of these things are little principles of equanimity that we can start to um you know think about but the other thing we can do in my mind is to change our relationship to pain or our understanding of discomfort and you know, whatever, because, you know, so, so, um, this famous, um, Buddhist teacher from like 13th century, his name is Shanti Deva. And he famously said 
that um, there's nothing that doesn't become easier with familiarity. Yeah. And that includes adversity. That includes pain. Yeah, yeah. So let me train through pain. I mean, that's like, you know, no. my interpretation then no, of what he that. said. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, for me, it, it takes training. It takes it takes conscious effort to transcend mm-hmm. that aspect. What do you think? Well, I so yes, yesterday I had real issues with this. But then the more that I've been thinking about it since yesterday, and now that we're talking, it's almost like it's hardwired into us in relationship to the sort of pain reward. Now we can dress it up and put stuff above it. We can um, have a rational conversation about which direction that I want to go or that way. But on the very, very core level, it's just hardwired into us. And you were relating about the advice, but one of the things like when, you know, when I'm doing the coaching aspect, like I, I won't coach anyone until they are at the divide, where they're at the cusp and the 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 pleasure of not doing anything the pain of not doing anything the pain of yeah. not doing anything has reached a point where they're now ready to to make make a change because before then they might get because sometimes you hold on to things because it still serves you and it's doing something for you. whatever that is who knows what it might be it could be anything so you you know that you want to make a change, but actually the um, knock-on effect that you get from the not change is still serving you somehow, and you'll only make a change. Do you feel like in your experience done. coaching people that people are more driven to change because of pain, or are they more driven to change because of what they want? Or is uh, it kind of equal? I think it's probably, it seems to be from the pain aspect. As in, I'm, I'm tired of being in this way. Now I want to be a different way. Although you do have people who are like goal-oriented, high-achiever types, and they seek sort of coaching just because they want to have that um, other view, someone that can help, that can see their blind spot. So they're coming from it from that point of view, as in their change is self-motivated. Another pair of eyes, another brain to bounce things off of so they can get to where they want to go sort of quicker. Um, but lots of times, and maybe probably thinking back on things now, a lot of it comes from this a need to want to change. I find that people are dissatisfied with their state and they want to do something different. Now, I mentioned to you a book. That, yeah, you, um, you know what's so weird and, and not weird is that um, who's the author of that book? The author is Ryan, yeah, Ryan Holiday. Holiday. I literally had just listened to a podcast of him being interviewed on The Art of Charm. Oh, awesome. It was, it was so funny. So then I kind of was looking at that book that you, know, that you sent me through the link, and I was like, this guy's really familiar. Oh, yeah, this is the same guy. It's, it's always like that, isn't yeah. it? Someone says something to you, and then like literally like, everywhere you see it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so, so obviously the universe is telling me not to read this book. Not to, or to read it. It's telling you to read it. Yes, no, to, <laughs> well, exactly, well, to it read just, it. Yeah. It, it um it just appeared to me. I don't even know. I didn't have no reason to even the have obstacle the ride. is the way. Yeah, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. Uh, the ancient art of turning adversity to advantage in Ryan Holiday. Now I'm quite familiar with Stoic philosophy, and this is what this really is all about. Um, and because in their view is that you should, if you want to be the best version of yourself, and you want to seek out adversity because it it forces you to become a better 
person. And so what here he's saying with the obstacle is the way is, you know, is where the obstacle is, that is the way. That's where you go. Where the resistance is, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, that's the direction that you want to go for. So instead of doing nothing or running away, you go towards it and then using courage, patience, um, compassion, creativity, you figure out a way through. I think this is what exactly obstacle. what I mean about kind of changing our relationship to things that we find uncomfortable is that, you know, we have this immediate tendency to run away. Mm-hmm. And instead, the path to, to changing that is to just become curious to think like, okay, this feels really, this feels really crap. You know, I don't want this to happen. Now let's pause for a minute. Yeah. You know, it, sometimes it's the adversity stuff that makes you pause, that makes you stop just, you know, running like you are running down the trail. It's because we and, want to be comfortable, don't we? Yeah. So you want to be in our comfort zone. Um, but then it, it makes us kind of question stuff about ourselves. Yeah. That we might, if in a comfortable situation, not really have to face, but which is good to face about, you know, why are we finding this difficult, yeah. you know? Well, that's just it, though, isn't it? Is that you can see it, but you don't want to face it. And and that might be for a number of reasons. Just the fear of what the outcome might be. The fear of what you might find out about yourself. Um, any number is, of reasons, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but this is our training, you know. This well, that's is our, just it. This yeah, I think that's training. what that's about. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's so this is, he's very right in that it's like an that. ancient kind of art because... But it makes, it gets me, it got me fired yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm ready to go make these bars turn all red. Nice. Because <laughs> it did, it just made me think, you know what? All this stuff, we do try and be comfortable. So, all right, well, I won't do that So because then I can just remain in my comfort zone and it's comfortable, even though I don't like... And I would like to have that, and I would like to have that just comfortable here. I know that. And, but to actually, the idea of saying, you know what, Whoosh, there's where the obstacle I'm going, that is my way, and that's what I'm going to focus on overcoming that thing, to actually deliberately go out of your way to seek adversity. It's just, for me, that's just a, a mind-blowing concept. See, I don't know if I completely agree with that, because I think that, for me, it's not about seeking adversity, because adversity just is there in life. It's inherent. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to seek it. It's, it's not already like, there. Yeah, it's, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing, you know, like, I'm writing my stories, and I'm really loving it, but I'm going to go try and be an you know, Olympic swimmer, because yeah. that's what I find hard. Like, it's not, it doesn't mean that. But it, it means, you know, when I'm, you know, when the things that you find hard, like the, like you're saying, the urge to be comfortable all of the time, you really have to question and say, you know. Like, yeah. So if, if I use a, a writerly example, I'm thinking of, um, is it Preston? He wrote The Art of Work. Mm. Pressfield, that's it. Pressfield. Press, Pressfield. Art of Work. And he's... It relates a story, because he was a writer, it just relates a story. Well, there's a couple of people I've heard this similar sort of aspect. And it's, it's because a lot of us, we, we write, but we do it as a part-time, we do it as a as an supplement, or we, we do lots of things other than doing it sort of directly. And one of the realizations that he came to was that all these other things that we do divert your energy, and, and, there, and, and there's loads of rational reasons for you bills to pay family take care of all that sort of stuff but they do divert versus saying you know what actually this is the thing that i'm going to do and i'm going to endure the discomfort so that i can have my full self my full energy 
to take this thing on and I'm going to figure out the how to, to do it and not be diverted by these different things that are called at my attention. Even though I know the massive impact that those things are going to have, if I really want to achieve this thing, this is the way that I have to, to go. And then through that, you're forced to come up with a creative way, a way of doing, doing something. Um, there's another guy that's closer to home. Um, his name escapes me at present. Um, but he's an advocate of the same aspect. You know, go pro, basically, is what he's saying. And pro, you know, there is no other thing. That is your thing. And yes, it's going to have a knock-on effect. But I guess it's that... that I think it is... I, I think that's... If we look at the things that we find difficult adversity challenges as actually moments to pause and learn and and change and open up to that then I think things can really be different Our, our lives can feel really different rather than constantly always you know resisting 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 there's this great story um of this in the buddhist tradition about a monk who was practicing was very very wise and he was living in a you know cave as they all do uh, that's what i <laughs> want know? i want me a cave man <laughs> maybe not after the story okay <laughs> basically he's in the cave and everybody says oh he's so wise and he's so patient and he's so la 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 so one day this guy goes up and he he shouts at him like hey hey you asshole, or something, you know, something in whatever. Yeah. And uh, the guy comes out, the guy comes out, and uh, (laughs) basically, it's like, you know, the monks start shouting at him back, and the guy's like, oh, I thought you were practicing patience. (laughs) So the, the moral of the story, and why it's taught, is that, you know, you can't actually learn patience living by yourself in a cave. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And so, you know, it takes these moments. So, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, it's always the troubling people in our lives that we're taught to embrace as our greatest teachers because, you know, it's actually why that why is that causing a rise within us? What actually bothers that, you know, bothers us yeah. about that person? And that's what can make us change and grow. Yeah, I like it. It's just tackling those difficult areas and your adversary that helps you grow is is those difficult spaces for you um and that's what i've taken away and i only i've only read the first few chapters of it but i'm all fired up now in fact i i have no idea from my i'm gonna put that as my tattoo either on that arm or that arm i'm that fired up about it i've been wanting another adversity is the path well the um yes the 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 yes <laughs> yeah. He has it tattooed on his arm as it, well, apparently. Gonna, oh, does he? Yeah. Who does? Oh, this guy does yeah, he? Yeah, well, see Ryan that that that's it. So, what stands in the way becomes the way. That's what I want my tattoo mm, okay. to be. Yes, I like it. That's just yeah. my whole new philosophy of life. <laughs> hey, it's about time to say goodbye, isn't it? <laughs> that was good. That, 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 has, like a good that has to be the worst, roughest segue to the end ever. <laughs> Hey, that's quite barbaric, isn't it? Hey, we're, we're well, done. Well, you can keep Time us updated on your tattoo <laughs> and how it works for you as you as you go through life and suddenly raise your arm. Oh yeah. Well, that's Adversity what I want. Is the way. That's right. what I want. That's right. it. The way that what stands in my way is the way. I'm going right at it. So, I, in fact, it's opened my mind to a number of different things that I've been trying to do, and now 
I'm thinking in a whole other light with these things and coming up with all sorts of ideas. So it's working awesome. already. Awesome. So I'm happy about that. Cool, cool, cool. So what do we want to say in parting to the listeners? I think it's thanking everybody for listening and supporting. I've been getting some feedback from various different people, and which is nice. And we'd also, if you know, again, if you do like it, leave some comments uh, on the on the Facebook page. Uh, on the audio boom, if that's where you're listening from, I know there's a lot of people who are listening from that aspect, and also to share it along because we'd like to 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 grow it and get it out there, and we'd like to hear more thoughts and ideas from you guys. It's as all well. about community. It's all about that community. I like it. Community. Until, <laughs> Until next time. Hey, what do you got going on? Do you got anything happening in your world? How's the um? The, uh, the the novella. The Oracle Yeah, Tales. it's good. I was just trying to do final edits this morning, so I'm really pleased with the production. Uh, is there any way that people can be able to see this? Not quite yet. Right. But, um, within the next couple of weeks, it'll be out, and it's going to be a freebie, actually. All right. Yeah, On your website. Oh, I like it. Good stuff. And there's a question that I read in Oracle's Tales. I think it was Oracle's Tales I was reading it, that I wanted to have as a subject for here. Yes. Excellent. All right, until next time, folks. Peace out.